I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Do The Right Thing! Welcome to the podcast panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the best way to avoid testicular cancer and stop people sitting next to you on the train? The answer is to regularly check your balls. <laughs> I'm recording this at the Pleasance in Edinburgh. I am Danielle Ward and with me trying to do the right thing today. On my left, his name is an anagram of Michael Meg. It's Michael Legg. We're really running out of intros, aren't we? We're really fucking running out of intros. Shush. <laughs> Margaret's is good. <laughs> and with him, like a glove puppet on a tiny angry fist, it's Susan Cowan. <laughs> and on my right, imagine a really unambitious drag queen. It's <laughs> Huh? <laughs> I genuinely didn't know if that was for her or me. <laughs> and with her, his name means to steal feces. No, it's not Rob shit. <laughs> it's Nick Doody. <laughs> it's time for the first round that I like to call round one, the importance of being right. Like a teenage boy reading Fifty Shades of Grey, the internet highlights a lot of controversial situations. So in this round, I present each team with a scenario I found online, and they must tell me what is the correct thing to do. Michael and Susan, this one's for you. You're both really excited about the Star Trek convention coming to London. It features all five captains of the Enterprise. However, just as you're queuing up to get a photo taken with LeVar Burton, some dick dressed as a Vulcan snatches your wallet. You manage to chase him out of the building and pin him to the floor. But how do you make a citizen's arrest according to askthe.police.uk? What a terrible website name that is. I would have made made my own Star Trek uniform because I've got a lot of time in my hands. Mm. And I probably have, like, real weapons... Yeah. That means I can see that. Like a teaser. <laughs> and I'd probably whilst you rugby tackled him because you're the booch one. Mm-hmm. And you like you're the l- femme. Yeah, I'm the femme. <laughs> <laughs> you're Lacey, I'm Cagney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you would lie on top of him whilst I, I did that thing where I got all of the things out and uh, I would probably you see the thing is oh, it's really difficult. 
because I used to be a lawyer, as you know, so mm-hmm. I do kind of know the answer to this question, but for the purposes of the podcast, it would be <laughs> really kind of shit if I started quoting the actual statutes required. And in fact, in Scotland, a citizen's arrest doesn't really mean anything. It's an English anomaly, much like in Scotland, the plicitatio, which is a verbal promise by the writer oath of the promiser, is contractually <laughs> legally binding, unlike England. Anyway, sure, that's sure, just sure. Another, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so... <laughs> Have you ever witnessed a crime, either of you? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I saw sort of um, a, a dog version of the accused. Does that count? <laughs> I saw uh, from the top of a bus. I saw two dogs having sex, and the one underneath didn't seem to be enjoying it, and the one on top was really super enjoying it. But the thing was, there was about honestly about ten other dogs just around them barking like mad, and it was incredible. Oh it really God. was like the wow. accused. Maybe there was dogging. <laughs> Nick Doody, have you ever committed a crime? Yes. Do you want to tell us about it? No, for obvious reasons. <laughs> have, have any friends of yours ever committed a crime? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Rob shit committed one, didn't he? Uh, he did, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was legally the Queen's shit, as you know. <laughs> if you shit on a swan, the Queen owns it. That's how that works. Susan, what's the actual answer? The thing is, the actual... Well, you see, the law and the actual answer are two different things. The real answer is you should never try and make a citizen's arrest to anyone because if you're trying to make a citizen's arrest, the person is probably some form of criminal who'll try and kill you. So what you should do is what everyone else does is just film it on your phone, <laughs> put it on YouTube under a hilarious thing like Jakey Steele's teapot, which I actually saw. By, by JK, do you mean like the woman who wrote Harry Potter? Yes. Jamiroquai. You mean yes, Jamiroquai? No, a cheeky, a junkie. Oh, that's a cute You're only in fucking no, Edinburgh. No, that's shit. That is shit. It's the same amount of syllables as junkie. Yeah. You're not shortening it. What the fuck are you people doing? <laughs> don't, don't call them you people. No. They don't like it. Uh, ben, what's the actual answer? I've, I've actually done a citizen's arrest. Oh, have you? Yeah, yeah. What did you say this earlier? I just never really came okay. up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll tell you in another round when it's nothing to do with this. <laughs> uh, what um, happened? Well, it was a guy who'd scammed me before saying he'd been attacked. Uh, oh, yeah, I've been attacked. I'm, I need this train. I, I gave the guy 20 quid. It seems quite... One of those where it seems really plausible until he's gone round the corner and go, oh, for fuck's sake, because of course that was a scam. And then he tried it on me again about a week and a half later with the exact same thing. I went, no, and you do this a lot, and you're doing it in the exact same spot, so I'm arresting you. And I arrested him and called the police. And he, he basically went, no, you're right, this is a horrible thing that I do and it's awful, I need help. Thank you. No. And then, wow. and then about three minutes later he goes, no, I am going to go. <laughs> <laughs> and he went... So you weren't sitting on him? So you were actually meant to actually physically bring them down? I think so. <laughs> Shit! I think you well, are let's... meant to sit on them. Ben, what's the actual answer? Well, minus one point for Danielle, I think. Um, what? <laughs> sit on them? According to askthedotpolice.co... No, according to ask... Oh, God, it's a rubbish name, isn't it? <laughs> according to askthedotpolice.uk, there is no specific wording to use when making citizens arrest. However, you must inform the person you're arresting as soon as possible what you're doing, why you're doing it, and what offence you believe they've committed. <laughs> You must only use reasonable force and be aware of the potential for civil litigation. You could be sued for, yeah. for unlawful arrest or false imprisonment. Do not make a sit- I, I think that's a point for Susan. Do not make a citizen's arrest if you feel you could be putting yourself or any other person in danger. Ring 999. <laughs> well done. Point Susan. <laughs> See, the thing is, reasonable force is very difficult. This is absolutely true. If you, I sleep with a golf club beside my bed <laughs> because I play golf. 
<laughs> and uh, no, I do play golf. So for me, because I'm a wee short woman, I'd go, oh, I felt so afraid. <laughs> I was so afraid he was going to touch me sexually. I could beat the <laughs> shit out of him. A big manly bear like yourself, Michael. Thank you. You would be able to get away with it because you're a big manly bear. Can you have, like, a shotgun and some clay pigeons by the side of your bed? <laughs> yes. That's what I've got. I've got a shuttlecock and a yeah. sword. Yeah. <laughs> Really badminton. So what you're saying is the law's very sexist. Yes, but at the same time, whilst I get to beat the shit out of a guy if he breaks into my house, the law on sexual crime, for example, is slightly skewed in the direction of the gentleman. So swings and fucking roundabouts is what I'm saying. So I can beat a guy to death, but the jury won't necessarily believe me if I said I said no. Just one of those fucking things. Which is why I regularly beat men to death. Yeah. <laughs> Margaret and Nick, this yeah. one is for you. You've had a lovely night out at the local Weatherspoons for Nick's birthday. <laughs> you're both extremely How drunk, even though you've only spent £8 between you. <laughs> the next morning, you're woken very early by your lovely dog who desperately wants a walk, but being hungover, you take her to the slightly scabby park near your house rather than the nice churchyard 15 minutes away. Just as your pooch has relieved herself, a huge staffy comes over. Obviously, the staffy starts a bust up with your dog. But what is the right way to break up a dog fight? According to www.itsahuskything.com <laughs> you, There's ball grabbing involved, I think. <laughs> Danielle's looking down There is if it's my birthday. <laughs> you know not all dogs have balls. Oh. No, I do know that. Um, all right, then. All right, then. You take the front legs and you rip them apart as far as you No. The key is, uh, I think, when animals are attacking each other, you have to stay quite far away. That's the thing. So you can't rip their legs apart. Now, if a dog is attacking a person, what you have to do is you have to prise the jaws apart using an implement. If it's cats fighting, the only thing you could do is water. Big bowl of water over them. Cats, water, run. Dogs, crowbar. (laughs) But essentially, if dogs are fighting, the problem is it's very difficult to stop them fighting unless you distract them with something, uh, like sausages or a or cat. Or, a cat. <laughs> <laughs> or something so that looks like sausages, like you're always innards. carry sausages and a crowbar. I mean, I that's always not do. practical. Do you not? Well, then you're a fool. <laughs> I've got my own hands that can rip legs apart. <laughs> but the thing is, if they're fighting and you try and go... If, imagine, you know when you see two women on a hen night... Imagine what I do to them. Imagine trying to break that up. Some sausages or cats. (laughs) Move their breasts apart. (laughs) To be fair, it's quite sad to see just two women on a hen night. (laughs) Have you ever been attacked by a dog in a funny way? (laughs) Up until quite recently, any dog approaching me, I basically saw as an attack. Did you rip the legs apart? No, I distracted it with a shuttlecock and then just slit its head off. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, you've got a dog. Has Jerk ever been involved in a fight? Um, Not really. A little bit. I mean, you know the way dogs resemble their owners? Well, she cannot stand any of her own species. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking handsome. I was one thing point, I guess a little while ago now, and people are just worried that the dog's going to kick off, even if it's, like, really far away. Mm-hmm. I was walking through the park and I got hit in the face with a can of beer. And, yeah. And uh, this guy just got, you fucking dog away from me! You're fu-. The dog was 30 feet away from him, sniffing, 
sniffing wee-wee. Probably not even his wee-wee. <laughs> might have been his wee-wee. She's going, get your fucking dog away from me! And I didn't even do anything. I'm just like, he's clearly out of his mind. It's nine in the morning, he's drinking. He's hit me in the face with a can of his own beer, which means he's thrown his beer away. It's probably for the best. Anyway, the next day, I go back into the pond, and he's there again, and he runs up to me. And just goes, oh, listen, I just want to explain what happened yesterday. I thought your dog was going to attack me. But the lads, pointing to some homeless people, the lads told me you're all right. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to come over for a drink? (laughs) And I regret it to this day that I said no. Lots of people I know walk through that park at that time in the morning and I would love them to see me. I do this all the time. I love a bit of Alfresco drinking. Uh, Producer Ben, what is the actual answer to this question? Is anybody close? I reckon Margaret gets one point and Susan gets two points for those answers. For the ripping the legs apart and the crowbar? The balls. Between you, you would stop it. (laughs) The best way to break up a dog fight is to throw water on it. Point to Susan. It startles the dogs and gives you a window of a few seconds to separate them. If necessary, use an inanimate object such as a stick or a broom to pry the dogs apart. I gave Susan a point for that. Don't use your hands. Try this tip that I learnt from the ghetto streets of Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Ben. Now, Ben. (laughs) You're exaggerating. Not me. The the website. Um, Where apparently in Philadelphia, pit bull fighting is still common. Grab the attacking dog's back legs swiftly and flip them up in the air. Yeah! This will throw the dog off balance for a few seconds. You'll have a chance to get away. Uh, Try to get your pet high up. Throw them up onto a garbage can or a car roof. Yeah, no, they say, don't worry about the shame of it. The last thing you want to do is hold the dog over your head so the aggressor can attack your face. So, uh, who has most points at the end of that round? By my reckoning, Michael and Susan have got three, Margaret and Nick have got one. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The next round is agony. To quote a boxer who hasn't really mastered trash talking, it's time for agony, but it'll only take a few minutes. (laughs) And in this round, you're going to be agony arts to the audience. However, before you do that, can you cast your eye over a real agony art problem? I believe, Michael, you have one to read out. You believe the shit right. Dear agony aunt... The state of the world really gets me down. My friends moan about how children today can't read, how the world is going to end if we don't do something. We're too dependent on the internet. Iran has a nuclear weapon. The population is exploding. And I can see the problems for myself. 
I recently discovered my niece doesn't know who Shakespeare is. <laughs> I hate this guy. Sometimes I can't sleep for worrying. The only thing that helps ease my anxiety is alcohol. I love this guy. <laughs> and now they tell me that's bad for me. <laughs> is that the end? What's his problem? Well, the then? entire world. The whole... Oh, okay. And the fact that he clearly has a drinking problem. <laughs> uh, the problem is that this man is British. <laughs> Nick and Margaret, what advice would you give this gentleman who is worried about He's worried the world? about children not being able to read <laughs> and Iran and Shakespeare. I, I actually. Yeah. Um, I told Michael today that my daughter could type her own name. It's not really that impressive. Her name's Amy. My um, niece, Quirty, can do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he, uh, Michael took it really badly, genuinely really badly, when I said, she can type her own name, and he got quite defensive, well, as if I was attacking like, him. And so he actually said he could have her in a fight. No, I said... <laughs> she, I mean, she's free. <laughs> so I could have you, her, and your boyfriend in a fight. <laughs> Michael, the world must get you down sometimes. Wow. Yeah, I don't really like it, and I wish I lived somewhere else. <laughs> Do you ever contemplate suicide? <laughs> is this is this your it's, advice, Danielle? Is this what's happening it's now? It's funny you should say that. <laughs> Uh, no, but I do think about, like, killing everyone else. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, when people, because I'm vegan and people find that offensive, like, they take it personally. The amount of times people go, right, you don't eat meat, right, so you try and tell me, right, if you were the only person left in the world and already I just find that scenario beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Susan, what do you think vegan. is the single biggest threat to mankind? <laughs> Vegans. <laughs> I find their attitudes supercilious, patronising and offensive to everything I stand for. Mm. And if but a I lot could of you lesbians of, do. Uh, yes. <laughs> a lot of lesbians are vegans. I don't like them very much myself. <laughs> the kind of separatist lesbian movement that I don't get on with. I am part of the separatist lesbian you're, movement. You're yeah. more of a lesbian than I am. <laughs> Has anyone ever eaten a vegan? Do we know? <laughs> must be someone's must have. Eaten it turned a vegan. out they were the most delicious meat ever. Yeah. yeah. Mm, corn I, fed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, would you object to eating a human being? No, as no a vegan? problem at all. Really? No, I really wouldn't. Well, Fucking hell. <laughs> no, oh, all right, all right. But what about a human being who ate a lot of meat? They've probably got a lot. Of, yeah, you see, you see. Ben, uh, what advice did? someone give this poor gentleman can, can I suggest one to Ooh, the yeah. letter that, that letter is um, look into it and you will find that Iran doesn't have a nuclear weapon and then tell your niece who Shakespeare was <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you've got some points <laughs> uh, definite point to Nick there so the Agony Aunt said take six months off from the world's media that would be a good start truth is good news isn't news so for every million heartwarming stories about clever people and the excellent laws being passed all, yeah, all you will hear about is one serial killer who eats his victims for breakfast as for your niece not knowing about Shakespeare well frankly we all got on perfectly well without Shakespeare before the 16th century so he's, so he's not a compulsory ingredient of happy civilised and fulfilling life Wow. wow. Now you've seen how a professional does it. <laughs> Kelsey, your amateur eyes over some problems from tonight's audience. So is Jimmy here? Oh, hello, Jimmy. Jimmy with hey. the hello. hello, Jimmy. Jimmy's problem is my bed collapses when I sleep at it. I am woken up by the frame falling and buckling <laughs> underneath me. It hurts. But I don't want to offend my landlord. Help. 
Why don't you break the bed and that means you haven't insulted your landlord? The bed is broken. Yeah, no, break it more, smash it to bits, <laughs> set fire to it. Set fire to the entire flat. <laughs> what do you want from me, Jimmy? <laughs> I really don't want to offend my landlord. You're a young yeah. fellow, there's a lot, lot of people in life you will offend. Uh, and if I may be spoiled, your landlord is a good one to start with. Uh, because you're paying him... Remember, yeah. Jimmy, you're paying him money. Now, here's one answer, which is you should retain your rent because you don't have the appropriate fixtures and fittings. That's just... <laughs> Write this down, Jimmy. And the second answer is, Jimmy, man up, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking man up. I mean, that's it, that's it. Fucking man up. He's not going to understand legal jargon. <laughs> <laughs> or to say another suggestion, next time it collapses, don't put it back up again. Just say, now I have a futon. <laughs> Why are you so worried about offending your landlord? Half of the problem is the bed shouldn't even be there because it's in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not worried about offending him, you're worried about him throwing yes. you out? <laughs> Which is a form of offence, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, Jimmy, I'd just move the mattress onto the floor and chuck the bed out the window. Here's where he goes, there's no windows! You, do, you can't get points, Danielle. Uh, did that help, Jimmy? I think it did. Thank oh, you. well, I'm very glad. Uh, round of applause for Jimmy. <laughs> is uh, Martin here with the friend from university? There he is. Martin says, I have a friend whom I have known since university. In the last year or two, he's become a real twat. <laughs> I don't make friends easily, so I'd rather not lose a pal, but the guy's taking the piss. Do I put up with him or kill his pets to make a point? <laughs> is, it, is it one or the other? I mean... OK, you're going to have to give us more details. How is he a twat? Oh, it's just little things like the... I stopped going to the cinema with him because he was quite bossy. Like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> All right, OK. You're having butter popcorn, no. not salt. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I can't go to the cinema with certain people because they're dicks. Yeah. Because, like, I like to sit at the aisle in case the cinema goes on fire. <laughs> and I don't like people to talk to me. Once we're in the cinema, don't talk to me. So I appreciate that, sir. He's a dick. He, well, yeah. he talks. Well, first of all, I like sitting on the front row and he said to me once, oh, it's like watching on a wall. Well, that's what a film is. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Right, sorry, you've, you've triggered a release. Of... <laughs> Fuck it, if you want to get angry, son, you I, get I, angry. I get really irritated with people who get up and move around during a film. And he had the yes. gall to whisper in my ear, why can't you just relax and watch the film? Well, because Ooh. there are people moving around. Do you know, I'll tell you something, Martin. I've never told this to anyone before, Martin. I once got a woman on crutches thrown out at the cinema. <laughs> because she was moving around. Too much... Noise! I don't care if she had a broken leg, she was fucking up Amelie! And I love Audrey Tattoo and I wanted to be her wife. But the worst We've shared, we've bonded now, sir. But the worst thing was um, just before going to a film, I said, I need the toilet. And he said, Well, uh, only take five minutes, like I'm some sort of pissy little toddler <laughs> you know I'm 37 next year I'll take as long as I like in the fucking toilet <laughs> yeah! yes yes yeah. it's getting it's I'm getting mad a... as hell I'm not taking it anymore <laughs> can I just say something as a legal thing don't kill him 
Because I'm concerned that this or might be used in evidence in a court case when he's found dead. So what, what I think what we're all saying on this panel is don't do anything rash. Yeah. Um, oh, out of his pets, you could use the plural, which one would you kill first? Well, uh, I, that was just a, I, I don't think he has any pets. Um, oh. oh, you've started. Yeah. That's vegan. <laughs> his dog died a few years ago and I withheld my sympathy. That's just... You have made an enemy. <laughs> also, also, why can you only express your feelings through dead animals? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Martin. Let's go to producer Ben for the scores. The scores are that Michael and Susan have got four, Margaret and Nick have got two. Oh. <laughs> now it's time to ask the experts. In this round, our panel will have to second guess what an actual expert would do in a given situation. So please welcome our actual expert, whose actual expertise is in simultaneous interpretation, Matthew Perry. Hello, Matthew. Hello. What does simultaneous interpretation mean? Well, it's the technology that is used for multilingual meetings where there are lots of languages being spoken. So participants will put headphones on and listen to the translation into the language that they want. We sit in soundproof booths listening to different languages and speaking into a microphone, conveying what we hear in real time, more or less. And what languages do you speak? I interpret from French, Spanish, Italian and Portuguese into English and from English into Spanish. Now, uh, in my script it says, prove it, say, the monkey is in the tree. <laughs> so, um, how should... The monkey is that, in the tree. <laughs> well, that's all the evidence I need. That's, that's good enough for me. Can I think I could say that in Spanish. Go on, then. El mono está en el árbol. I only know got one... He, can I just do an interpretation for you to prove my credentials? He yes. just said, the monkey is in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, someone funny's in this. <laughs> hey, Matthew, what's the best language? The language of love. Oh. oh. I like German. <laughs> I like Same thing. That's what I meant, German. Yeah. If, uh, not you, sorry, Matthew, you're lovely, but if a woman speaks German to me, I go ever so slightly odd. But she says something like, Ich bin Jodie Foster. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. I don't care what they say. I think she fancies you now, Nick. Okay. No, and uh, <laughs> it's just it's the whole idea of I've got a real fascination for especially older women who tell me what to do. So if Hitler had been a lady, you'd have really fancied him. <laughs> yeah, Brenda Hitler. <laughs> So, panel, in a moment you're going to have a second guess what Matthew thinks is the right thing to do in some interpretation-based scenarios, but before that you get a chance to ask him any probing questions that you like. So, uh, if you want to question Matthew, and uh, time will be up when Ben's thing goes funny. (laughs) Do you eavesdrop on foreigners? Yes, that's a very good job description. (laughs) This isn't what's my line, we know what his job is. (laughs) Well, I really mean it. Like, when you're out and about, like, if a foreigner, like, called you a cunt, yeah. would you say anything or would you go, oh, God? No, it is awkward, especially because we're trained to listen to several things at once. You're mm. speaking and listening at the same time. So if you're sitting at a table and there are people speaking in another language, assuming nobody can understand them, sometimes you do involuntarily tune in and, and there they are calling you a cunt. <laughs> how often I, um... does that happen every, per day? Well, depends how long the meal is. Right. <laughs> 
see the rest of us go. We used to... <laughs> I know this is racist, right? Oh, God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Given how racist something is when someone says, I don't want to be racist, <laughs> but this is but going to be pretty I, fucking I like racist. It. I like it when foreign people say English words in amongst all their foreign language. I think it's really, really funny. Because, like, like, if you heard a Chinese person... <laughs> say, say, like... Say what? Say... <laughs> If you, if you were, Susan's leaving. Susan Kalman, who no. knows the law, is almost out of the room right now. No, look, I'm not being right. I'm just stating a fact. No, no. If you heard a ra- if you heard a, a not racist, racist Chinese, person, if you heard person. a Chinese person, seriously, right? Yeah. Say, you know, ching ching ching. What are you talking and about? Then, and then. And then the word Cindy Lauper. It's really funny. <laughs> it is funny, admit it. It happened to me. I was in Chinatown, San Francisco. I heard Ching Ching Ching, Cindy Lauper, and it was fucking funny. And you know what? You're as bad as a racist if you don't find that funny. If you think I'm being racist, you weren't there. The Chinese people I overheard were blacked up. <laughs> as they often are. <laughs> Those are black people. (laughs) Being racist about the Chinese, which they often are. I think we should just skip straight to the first scenario. You are summoned to number 10 Downing Street to interpret for the PM in a meeting with a high-ranking Spanish trade envoy. During the meeting, the envoy has had too many coffees and starts mouthing off about Gibraltar. At one point, he says, That's our rock, and those are our monkeys, you baboon-faced, flatulent, shit-eating prick. Now, you know if David Cameron hears such a thing, he might cry. So what would Matthew do in this situation? Would he literally translate what the envoy has said? I think his job is to do that, so he would do that. I don't know whether you would do kind of a wry smile. I don't know whether you would do that. Well, you could do that, you know, that little... With your finger, that circle movement near your head. (laughs) (laughs) This is what this weirdo's saying. You could say that, but this isn't really the answer. I'm giving you advice, really. I'm doing your job. Trying to help you out. I think he'd be slightly, he might not give a literal translation. I think he might be a bit diplomatic, but say, look, he's not happy about that. Do you think he might say, ching, ching, ching? (laughs) Cindy (laughs) Lauper. Matthew, have you ever been to number 10 Downing Street? Yes, well, I can't say I've literally been in that exact situation um, because I've signed the Official Secrets Act. (laughs) (laughs) But let's say hypothetically I were. um, The speaker clearly intends to give offence. Yes. And one would assume that I've been hired by the British authorities, not by the Spanish authorities, so it's not my task to help a Spaniard save face. So it would be my patriotic duty to render the insult as accurately as possible, which I would do with great relish. (laughs) Thank you very much to our expert. Before we hit the final round, let's see what the scores are, producer Ben. The scores are that Michael and Susan have now got five, and Mark and Nick have still got two. have gone to bed so let's do the wrong thing (laughs) do the wrong thing do the wrong thing do the wrong thing in this round I want the panellists to tell me what they think is the wrongest thing to do in any given situation the wrongest answer will win you a finger 
Oh, fudge. <laughs> the rant ends when producer Ben's horn does a pop. Okay, here goes. You've run out of milk. What is the wrong thing to do? Milk your own tits. <laughs> milk uh, your own cock. No, no, no. You, you go to a local hospital and you ask if you can milk one of the babies. Because uh, <laughs> baby girls, baby girls lactate. So do baby Fact. boys. No, they don't. Oh, yeah, they do. Are you... <laughs> You've got to really keep at it. Oh, man. You really do. Liquid. It's called Witch's Milk. <laughs> Jeremy Kyle's wife asks you out. What's the wrong thing to do? It's quite... Jeremy Kyle's wife. <laughs> <laughs> a distant relative needs a kidney transplant and you are the only family member who matches. What's the wrong thing to do? Don't you give him it about a, an inch at a time over weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Say, say you're going to do it and then let them take it out but then eat it in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I win that! That was fucking excellent. That was fucking excellent, Wow! I thought you were really hot before. Now I fucking love you. <laughs> Producer Ben, what are the scores at the uh, end of the show? Well, Michael and Susan have five but mm. after a storming final round, you're Margaret and Nick have six. Oh, no! Well done to Margaret and Nick. Thanks for listening to the show. Goodbye. <laughs> do the right thing. Just Susan Powerman, Nick Judy, Margaret Cable Smith, my colleague, expert guest, Michael Perret, and me, Danielle Warner. The vice producer, Ben Walker, and the script together with extra material from Andy Richards and David Reed. Martin White did the music. Thanks to the presents for having us. And to Zoe Bell, Zoe Waterman, and Johnny Ingram for helping out. Do the right thing is a buzz production before the internet. Good night and goodbye. like Do the Right Thing, you may also enjoy Mustard Comedy Magazine. Jam-packed with funny words and pictures, plus huge exclusive interviews with Michael Palin, Graham Linehan, Robin Ince, Stuart Lee and many more, including guest contributors Alan Moore and Matt Berry. Brilliantly funny, says the BBC. Absolutely cracking, says Channel 4. A satirical gem, says the Telegraph. First class, says the Guardian. You get the idea. People like it. Mustard, as seen in the IT crowd. If you look really closely. Get your mustard at mustardweb.org. Mustard is written in front of a live studio audience. Look, there they are. See? Mustardweb.org. Log it into your Interpod now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.